Shalom to all. Today's daf is Shalom Daf Yudalad. We are starting Yudgem Lamed Beis. The bottom line at the two dots. Today's daf is sponsored by Eli Nishmas Marin Reb Shimshon David Ben Reb Chaim Avram Zchusa Yagen Aleinu. His neshama should have an aliyah. And we had said yesterday in the mission there was a person named Nuchonya, and his position was Chayfer Shichin. The Gemara says Shachayfer Shichin Ma'aris. He would dig ditches and caves, meaning he would dig wells and bring water for people. Vahava Yada, and he knew what was his expertise. Yudal Amud Alpha on the top. Haidin Kaf Makar Maya. Which rock would cool water? Meaning under which rock or from which source water would come from? Vahidin Kaf is Beisharavruve, and which rocks had a heat source coming from them? Vadhechan Shravruve Mate. And until where did its heat source reach? Meaning how much water could it heat up? And Amravachi he says, even though he provided everyone with water, his son still died with thirst. And we learn from here that even though a person could be a tzaddik, he could be really special and unique in one area, Hashem will punish him because he's exacting with people that are tzaddikim. And Amr Abchanina, he tells us, anyone that says that Hashem is relaxed, he's easygoing, he's going to forgive people even though they don't do tshuva, his intestines are going to be relaxed, meaning he's going to have bowel issues. Allah, so what should he say? If he wants to say that Hashem is easygoing, so to speak, what is he supposed to say? is that Hashem delays his anger, the Gavi Didei, but he still will collect that which is his. If a person doesn't do tshuva, it really all depends on how you say it. And Amrav Acha, Ksivit says in the Pazak, Usvivav Nisarama Aid, and his surroundings are very stormy. Now the word Sa'ar, which is stormy, is actually usually spelled with a Samach, not with a Sin. So what's the Joshua that we learn from here? Midaktek Iman Hashem is exacting with the people around him, that surround him like Chotasara, like a hair's breadth, which means that the people that are around Hashem, the Tzadikim, the people that are very close to him, Hashem is very exacting with them. And Amr Abiyasi, he says, It's not from that Pasuk. It's from the following Pasuk. He is awesome on all those that surround him. What does that mean? His fear and his awesomeness is on the people that are closer to him more than the people that are further away from him. And we have a story about this. He says, There was a story with a certain pious individual. He would dig pits, ditches, and caves for the people that are going back and forth, meaning he provided water for everyone. One time his daughter was on her way to her wedding, and she was swept away by a raging river. And everyone came to him, and they wanted to try to console him. He didn't accept their consolation. He tried to console him, and he didn't accept the consolation. told the people of the city, this is your pious individual. He's not willing to accept Hashem's judgment on him. Amrli, they told him, Rebbe, this is what he did, and this is what happens to him. He provides water for everyone. How could it be that someone from his family was punished with water? So Amar Rapinchas Benyar said, After is bar is it possible that someone honors his creator with water? And Hashem punishes him with water? Immediately there was a rumor that passed through the city. This man's daughter came back. Is the army some say is Arias that she was saved because she was caught on a branch? And some say Malach Yard that a Malach with a former of Pinchas Ben Yar, he actually saved her. And we had said in the mission that Gavini, a person by this name, Karuz, he was the announcer in the Beis HaMikdash. Shaya Machar's Beis HaMikdash, he announced in the Beis HaMikdash. Mahay Aymer, what would he say? Amdu HaKaihanim, Kaihanim stand up, La Avaidik, to go do your Avaidu, Levim Laduchanan, Levim should stand by their Duchan to get ready to sing, Visrael Hamadam, Visrael should stand by their stations, and Agripas Hamelach, Shama Kailach, Chas Parsais, Agripas the king heard his voice. 
eight parsais away. A parsa is 8,000 ames, which means that even according to the small shear, this is more than 15 miles. That's how far his voice carried. And he gave him a lot of presents. He was so impressed that he had such a powerful voice. And we had sent our Mishnah Ben Gever on the Ilos Sharm. This person, Ben Gever, he was in charge of closing and opening the gates. So once we mention this name, Ben Gever, so now the Gemara is going to talk about a Mishnah Meseches Yuma that tells us that the Chumas Hadeshin was the first Avoid in the base of Mekdash every morning and that it is performed at Kriyas Hagever. And what does the word Kriyas Hagever mean? And the Gemara says, Tirgim Rav Kumi de Rav Shila. Rav, he announced in front of the base measure of Rav Shila, Kura Gavra Achris Kuraiza, a man called out and made an announcement. Kriyas Gavra means the announcement of a man. Amrun Lay, so they told him, meaning the Talmudim told him, Amara, really what you should say is Kura Tarnagaila, a rooster called out, because a rooster is also known as a Gever. So it really means that a rooster calls out. When the rooster calls out, that's when the Savaj is supposed to be done. So Amr Lay, he told them, But Tanina, and our Mishnah says Ben Gever. There's a person named Ben Gever. Are you saying this person is really being called the son of a rooster? No, when we say Kriyas Hagever, it actually means the calling of a person and not the calling of a rooster. And the Mishnah said, Ben Bevai al Pakia, he was in charge of the wicks. Shahim Zavik Psilos, he would adjust the wicks for the Menaira. Now, Rabbi Yaisi al Kufra, Rabbi Yaisi visited a city called Kufra, and he wanted to appoint community leaders in Askanim to help the people out. But they didn't accept it from him. They didn't want to take a position of importance. We know it says in the Mishnah that you should try to run away from positions of importance. But all the Amr Kaiman, he got up, he said in front of them, Ben Bevai al Pakia, this person, Ben Bevai, he was in charge of the wicks. This person, all he's doing is taking care of the wicks. He merited to be counted along with all the greats of the generation. You're in charge of actual lives of people. You guys are going to be the askanim, the community leaders taking care of people. Like Kal Shekane, for sure, you're going to get so much merit. Ben Arzal Atzilzal, he was in charge of the symbols. Like we learned over there in Mishnah, Hinif Haskan Besudarn, the Skan, the assistant Kayan Gadol, he would wave the kerchief, the Hikish Ben Arzal Atzilzal, and that was the sign for Ben Arzal to start hitting the symbols. Hogarth Ben Levi Al Shir, he was in charge of the choir. He sang beautifully. Amr of Acha, he tells us in Imi Yaseir Hayyadeh. Hogras had a absolutely beautiful, melodious voice. But Amr Laval Hogras Ben Levi, they said about him, that he was able to sing beautifully. And when he put his thumb into his mouth, he would sing many different wonderful things. And all of his friends, the Kahanim, they would jump back because of this, meaning they would all join him in sheer. And we had said in our Mishnah based Garmu Amaisa Lechem upon him, the Garmu family, they were in charge of the Lechem upon him. Based Garmu Hayabakin, Maisa Lechem upon him, they were not only experts in how to actually bake the lechem upon him in the proper shape. It was a very unique shape and they were experts in how to do so. They were also experts in its ridia and how to remove it from its mold in a way that it didn't break. So they were dismissed from their position and the chamim sent for and brought craftsmen from Alexandria, from Egypt. They were experts in how to make the lechem upon him but they weren't experts in how to take it out. They didn't know how to take it out of the mold without it breaking. They would bake it on the inside of the oven and then they would take it out of the mold only once it was outside the oven. And when it gets spoiled or ruined, it wouldn't break. They would bake it on the inside of the oven and they would take it out of its mold on the inside of the oven and it would get ruined. So once the Chaman found out about this, the really the only one that knew how to take care of the Lechem upon him was based Garmu. Amru, they said, anything Hashem created is really for His honor. Shanem says in the Pasuk, that everything Hashem made is for His sake. So they sent after them, meaning they re-invited Beis Garmu to come back. Valei writes to love it. They didn't want to come back. Until they doubled their wages. They used to get paid 12 money for their skill. And now they're paid 24, which is an exorbitant amount of money. Rabbi Huda Aymer, he says, They used to get paid 24, and now they started getting 48. So the Chum asked them, 
Lamed. Why do you want to teach your skill to anyone else? They said, We have a tradition from our fathers. This house is going to end up getting destroyed. Don't teach other people. They might end up doing this in front of their Avayda Zara. Now, really, this was just an excuse why they didn't want to teach. They just wanted to keep this position of importance and exclusivity to themselves. However, in the following thing, the Chachamim praised them. None of their children, meaning no one in the family, ever had nice, clean, white bread. So that people wouldn't say, They're actually eating from the Lechem Apanim. So they made sure to eat coarser bread so people wouldn't suspect them of this. And based on Tina's we said that the Tina's family, they were in charge of the Ketairas. They were in charge of not only blending the Ketairas, they also were experts at the Mala Ashan, the smoke-raising herb. The Ketairas had to have a smoke-producing herb in it. Not any specific one, though, but they were experts in Mala Ashan. And we're going to see what their expertise was. They didn't want to teach their skill to anyone, so they were dismissed from their position. And and the Chachamim brought experts from Alexandria of Mitzrayim. And they were experts in the blending of the Ketairas. However, they were not experts in the smoke-raising herb. What was the difference between them? This smoke-raising herb would produce smoke, and it would go up like a stick, it would go straight up, and then it would spread out and then come back down. However, the craftsman from Mitzrayim, it would spread out right away, and that's not really a proper way to have the smoke spreading out right away. Really, it should first go up and then come back down. Once the Chachamim found this out, Amr, they said, Anything Hashem created, it's really just for His honor. Shnem says in the Pasuk, Everything called in my name, I created for my honor. So Shalchachrem, the Chachamim, tried to bring Beis Avtinas back to their position. They didn't want to come until they doubled their wages. They used to take 12 months as their wages. So now they started getting 24. He says, They used to get 24. Now they get 48. Amr, the Chachamim asked them, why don't you want to teach your skill to anyone? They said, We have a tradition from our fathers. It's going to end up being destroyed. Don't teach others, and then they might end up doing this in front of their Avodah Zara. And just like by Beis Garmo and the Lechem upon him, the Chacham view this as just an excuse why not to teach anyone. However, they didn't really buy it. However, the following things the Chacham did praise them for. There wasn't a single one of their women that would go out with perfume on. And and not only that, when one of them got married to someone from a different place, meaning from a woman that was outside this family, he would stipulate with her, she is not allowed to wear perfume ever. So people don't say, the reason why these women of Beis of Tinus are walking around with such wonderful perfume is because they took it from the Ketairas. This is a Kima the Pasuk, you should be innocent from Hashem and Israel. They did this so that people wouldn't suspect that they were using the secrets of the Ketairas for their own personal use. And I encountered a child from the Tina's family. Amarti asked him, Bini, my son, from which family are you? Amarli, he told me, Mishpachas Plani, I'm from the following family, meaning I'm from Besavtinas. Amarti Lai told him, Bini, my son, Avesacha, your forefathers, since they wanted to increase their own honor, and they wanted to diminish the covet of Hashem, therefore, their honor was diminished, and covet Shemaim was increased. When the Besavtinas was destroyed, they weren't in this position of importance anymore, because really they tried to take it all for themselves. And Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva said, Sachli Shimon ben Luga, Shimon ben Luga told me the following story. Malakari, 
Yasavim. I was gathering herbs and grasses. Ani, myself, and a child from Lavtina's family. I saw that he was crying. And I saw that he was laughing. So Amarti Leah asked him, Bini, why did you cry? Amarli, he told me, because of the honor of my father's house, Shani Smite, that now it's been diminished because the base of is destroyed. I wouldn't have this position of importance anymore. So why did you laugh? I asked him. Amarli, he told me, because of the great honor that's prepared for the Tzadikim when the Besamekish is rebuilt, so we're going to be reinstated. So Umari Isa, what did you see that made you cry and laugh? Mala Ashan Lenegdi, I saw this Mala Ashan herb, it was right in front of me. So Numesi I told him, Bini, my son, Her Eweli, show it to me. Amrali, he told me, Rebbe, Messiah's Biyadi, I have a tradition for my fathers, Shaloy Lair Isa not to show it to anyone, because it might fall into the wrong hands. And Amrabi Yechmanur, he says as follows, Pagabi Zakan Echem Mishel Besavtinus, an elder from Laftinus family met me, Umagila Saman Biyadi, and he had a Megillah of herbs in his hand. This was the scroll that had all the different herbs for the Ketairas and how they looked. And Amrali, he told me, Rebbe, Lisha'avar, Previously, the people of my father's house, meaning the people of the Avtina's family, they were very discreet, they were modest, and they were trustworthy. And they would hand this Megillah from one person to another. They're not trustworthy. Take this Megillah, and be very careful. Make sure it doesn't fall into the wrong hands. And when I went and I told this to Rabbi Kiva, his eyes filled with tears. And he said, We don't have to say negative things about them, we thought that they really were keeping on to the secret for their own honor, but it turns out they really didn't want it to fall into the wrong hands, because we see that they handed it over to someone not from their family, so we don't have to mention them for the negative. And we had said in the Mishnah, Lazar al-Pareiches, he was in charge of the Pareiches, Shahayim Muna al-Arge Pareiches, he was in charge of those that wove the Pareiches, this is not just the Pareiches that's in between the Kaddish Kedash and the rest of the Beis HaMikdash, there's actually a number of Pareiches in the Beis HaMikdash, and he was in charge of the weaving of all of them. We said Pinchas HaMalbish, he was the dresser, he was the dresser of the Kayan Gadol. He was his personal valet. And there was a story with the Kayan, Shehilbish Lestartios Echas, that he dressed a certain officer of the army. And he gave him eight Zuhuvim, eight gold coins. And some say, He actually gave him 12 gold coins. So we see that if you're good and you know your style, you can actually make a lot of money. And the Mishkan continues with more positions that were held in the base of Mekdash. There's not allowed to be less than seven Amar Kailim. Now, an Amar Kail is a position of influence in the chain of command of the base of Mekdash, and it's a conjugation of Amar Kaila. He says everything, meaning you got to listen to what he says. Ushlashik is barm. There also had to be a minimum of three treasurers. You're not allowed to have a position of influence that has an effect on the Tzibor with less than two people as part of that position. Except for Ben Achia, he was the doctor that was in charge of all the stomach issues that the Kohanim had. He worked alone. That was in charge of the people weaving the Parechas. He also worked alone. Because these people were accepted by the majority of the tzibur, the reason why you have to have a minimum of two people usually is because we're afraid that one might misappropriate funds, people are going to suspect if something goes wrong, you have to have a minimum of two people so there could always be a system of checks and balances. And the Gemara says, There's not going to be less than three treasurers and seven amarkalim. Tani, we have a brasa, mishnei kaslikin. There's not going to be less than two kaslikin, which are very high up officers. They are above the amarkalim. And Adawad Echsev, this is what the Pasuk says, These are three people, gizbarin, they were the treasurers. 
Shemais, Vizavad, Vizavad, Vizmachyahu, Umachas, Ubinayahu, Amarkailin, they were the Amarkailin, and Pekidim, Yadkan, Yo, Vishemi, Achiv, Kaslikin, they were the Kaslikin, so we see we have two Kaslikin over here. And the Pasuk just continues, Bemifkad, Yechiskyo, Hamelech, Vazaryahu, Nigid, Beselakim, they were appointed by Yechiskyo, Melch, and Azaryahu, the Nigid, Beselakim, who are these people? This is Hamelch, Vakayan Gadol. The king was Yechiskyo, and Azaryahu, the Nigid, Beselakim, this is referring to the Kayan Gadol. And now the Gemara tells us, Kshuchaisim, when the treasury was locked up, when they were sealing the vault, no more access to the money. So what was the procedure? The Gizbar, he would close it up, he would lock it, and then he would give it over to that Markov. He would seal it up with his own lock, and he would give it over to one of these upper officers. He would seal it up with his own, give it to the he would seal it up, he'd give it to the king. When the king would undo the seal because they needed access to the treasury, he would see that his seal was intact, and then he would undo it. He would see his seal, and he would undo it. Kaslikin Raya Khasama, he would see his lock, Umatir, and undo it. Amarkal Raya Khasama, Umatir, he would undo it. Gizbar Raya Khasama, Umatir, and then he would undo it. And we had Senator Mishnah in Isn Sralatibur Mamun Pachas Mishnaim that anytime we have a position that deals with communal funds, we have to have a minimum of two people dealing with that. And Ramnach Mashem Raman, he explains Al Shame. This is because of the Pasuk. This Pasuk is dealing with the Mishkan and everything that was collected for it. The Hemyak Zav, and they shall take the gold, Vesat Khelas, and the blue wool, Vesaragaman, and the purple wool. And it says in the Pasuk, Vehem Yekhu, and they were to take the gold, meaning a minimum of two people had to deal with all this money. And now that we had mentioned the Mishkan and how cautious one must be with public funds, Amrab Chama Be'er B'chanino, Mipsailis Shalucha's Hesher Maisha. Maisha Rabbeinu became wealthy not because he took money from the collection of the Mishkan, but from the Psylis of the Luchas. This is talking about the waste or the carvings that were extra from the Luchas. This is what it says in the Pasuk, Pesalacha Shnei Luchas Avanim, carve for yourself two Luchas out of stone. Pesalacha, what does it mean, carve for yourself? The Psylis, the extra, the waste, so to speak, belongs to you. Chazal say the luchas were made out of sapphire, which many people explain is sapphire. And imagine taking a giant block of sapphire and carving it out into a square, and you get all the extras. That's going to make you very wealthy. That's how Meisher Benu became wealthy. Whereas now we have a different opinion. Amrav Chanan he says, a quarry of precious stones and pearls Hashem created for Meisher Benu in his tent. Menu Hashir and that's how Meisher Benu became wealthy. But now about Meisher Benu, it says in the pasuk, "Vibitu Achri Meisha Adbayu Ahayla." And they looked after Meisha. They gazed after him until he got to his tent. Train on my rhyme. There's two on my rhyme that argue about it. Chana or one of them says, "Leganai," that people looked at him negatively. Vechana or Leshavach, people were looking at him positively. Madam or Leganai, because what were people saying as he walked by and got to his tent? Chamun Shaken, Chamun Karin. Look at those thighs. Look at those legs. Chamun Kupad. Look at that flesh. Achel Mindu Yudai, Vishasi Mindu Yudai. He's eating and drinking from the Yidden. Call me delay Mindu Yudai. All of his wealth is from the Yidden. They thought that he misappropriated funds from the Mishkan. However, Madam Leshavach, one that says that this is for the positive. What were the people saying when they were looking after Moshe? Mechmet Sadikai Umazake, we should merit to see the righteous and just. Tuve Dizachas Lamechame Yase, how good it is to have merited to see him. Now, this Mishnah is going back to explain the beginning of the first Mishnah of this parak. In the first Mishnah, we learned that Yechonim and Pinchas was in charge of the Chaysamais, and Achia was in charge of the Nesachim. So, what's going on? Many Kabbalists need to have a Mincha brought along with it. An individual bringing a Karban didn't bring his own Mincha from the ingredients in his kitchen. The Beis Hamikdash provided everything needed for his Mincha. He went to the Beis Hamikdash, paid a fee, depending on what Mincha he was bringing, and then received a Chaysam, which literally means a seal. But over here, it's referring to a token of sorts or a ticket. This served as proof of payment. He then redeemed his token for the necessary ingredients, and then his carbon, along with his mincha, was brought by the kayin. Now, the word nesachim over here is referring to the mincha because it's called a minchas nesachim. And the Mishnah says, There were four tokens of the Beis HaMikdash. The Kasev was written on them. Egel, Zachar, Gedi, Vechaytei. Calf, ram, 
Gedi and Chayte, which literally means sinner, but this is referring to a Metzaira. Ben Azayimer, he argues, and he says, Hey, Hayu, there's actually five tokens by Ramas Kasvalein, and it wasn't written in Hebrew, it was written in Aramaic. Egel, Dechar, which is Aramaic for Ram, Gedi, Chayte Dal, Vachayte Asher, poor sinner and rich sinner, talking about a poor Metzaira and a rich Metzaira. Now, each name that was written on this coin represented the carbon that he was bringing. This served as an indication of what type of mincha he needed. Some used more oil, some used less. Some more flour, some less. All of them had different amounts of wine. So therefore, they needed to know what type of mincha he was bringing. And the Mishnah explains, Egel, the token that said Egel on it, it was used for the Nesachim of cattle, older and younger, male and female. Gedi, that token was Meshamish in all sorts of tzayin that were being brought. Tzayin, we know, means goats and sheep. Gedel Muktanim, older and younger ones, Zachar Munakevas, male and female. Chutz Mishal Elim, except for Elim, an Isle is a ram. Isle Mesham Shenischei Elim Bovad, the Isle token was used when a ram was brought. And the token that said Chaitei Mesham Shenischei Shalash Behemoth Shal Matsaira, this was used for the Nesachim of the three animals that a Matsaira brings. Now, what was the procedure? Mishum Avakish Nesachim, someone that needed Nesachim, he needed all the things for his Mincha. Haylechlai Etzel Yechanan, he went to Yechanan Shum when Al Chesamas, he was in charge of all these tokens. Venais and Lehmais, he gave him the money necessary. And he got this token from him. Then Bale He went to Achia. Shuhum Munal Nesachim. He was in charge of all Nesachim. He gave him this token. He got the Nesachim from him. La Arab in the evening. This one met that one, meaning Achia met Yechanan. Achia took out all the Chesamas that he collected over the day. Umakaval connected mice. And he got the money that was represented by each of these tokens. Now, if there was a deficit, so then that's on him, meaning on Yochanan. He has to pay out of his own pocket. If for whatever reason, he didn't have enough money, so he would have to take it out of his pocket. And for whatever reason, there was extra money, so Hektish gets that gain. Because Hektish always has the upper hand. Now, Misha Avad Chasam, let's say someone lost his token. He paid for it, he put it in his pocket, it had a hole in it, or he was to flagging, he was spaced out, he didn't realize, he dropped it, and now he doesn't have his token. They make him wait till the evening. And if it turns out that Yechanan had extra money, the exact amount of his token, nice and light, then they would give it to him. And if not, nice and light, then they wouldn't give him his money back. At least it was used as a donation to the base of Mikdash. And now the last thing about these tokens, V'shem Hayem Kasvalem, the name of the day was written on them, Mibnei Haramayim, because of the swindlers. Just like when you go to an amusement park, or you go somewhere, and they stamp your hand with a stamp, or they give you a certain color ticket, and that's unique for that day, because they don't want people coming from yesterday and using the same ticket they paid for yesterday. It's the same thing over here. They want to make sure that someone didn't buy a token, let's say at a cheaper price, and then keep it, and then use it for when the prices were really more expensive. So therefore, every day had a unique token to it to ensure that no one was able to do that. And Alagmar asks, According to Ben Azai, why do we need to have another token for this poor Mitzayra? What did he gain by it? The Gemara answers, because according to Ben Azai, he would bring his leg with it, meaning with his carbon, and however, according to Arbon, he could just bring the token called Gedi. Now, what's going on over here? The Mincha of a rich Mitzayra that's bringing three animals as his carbonus, Ayla Asham and Chatas, consists of nine Lugan of oil. So he needs a special Chaisam indicating that he's a Mitzayra. Whereas a poor Mitzayra that brings two birds and only one animal, a Gedi, his Mincha is much smaller, and therefore he could purchase just the regular Gedi token. Now, part of the Mitzayra's Tahara process includes another leg of oil that's applied to his right ear, right thumb, and right big toe. So according to Ben Azai, this poor Mitzayra bought this extra leg from
from Yochanan himself, and therefore needed a separate token to indicate that, because the regular Gedi token doesn't have this leg included. However, according to the Chachamim, he brought this leg from home, and therefore only needed to purchase the Gedi token and nothing else. That's why, according to the Chachamim, there didn't need to be a special token called Poor Metzira token. And now the Gemara asks, Nischei Rachel Bakama, what are the Nesachim of Rachel? So Rachel is an adult female sheep, otherwise known as a U, spelled E-W-E. The Gemara is asking, is it like a ram which has its own category, or is it placed in the category of Gedi? The reason why this is being asked is because the Pasuk doesn't tell us what its Nesachim are. So the Gemara says, we can learn it from what it says in our Mishnah, that the token called Gedi is used for the Nesachim of Tzayin, and we know that Tzayin is talking about sheep and goats, older ones and younger ones, male and female, Hada Amri, this teaches Nischei Rachel, Knischei Gedi, that the Nesachim of a Rachel are just like a Gedi. Dechsev, we have a Pasak, and this teaches about the Nesachim. Kacha Yasel Ashar Echad, so shall be done for the Shar, Ayla Ayla Echad, or for the Ayla, Ayla Sabak Savamai Beizim, or for a Sa among sheep or goats. Lashar Echad Lama Namar. Why does this Pasak have to say something about a Shar? We already have a different Pasak that tells about the Nesachim of a Shar. Maga, this is to teach, Shaloi Chilik Benischei Egel and Nischei Shar. There's no difference between the Nesachim of a calf or an ox. It doesn't make a difference how old it is, it still has the same Nesachim. Because logically, we would say that there is a difference. Because Ben Hatsayin Tan Nesachim Ben Abagar Tan Nesachim. We know that Sayin sheep and goats, and Ben Hatsayin is referring to the younger ones. They need Nesachim, and young cattle also need Nesachim. And Imatzan Shechilik Ben Nischei Kevus Lenischei Ayel. Since we find that there's a difference between the Nesachim of a young male sheep and an older male sheep, which is called an Ayel or a ram, we know that there's a difference between their Nesachim. Perhaps we should differentiate between the Nesachim of an eagle, a calf, and an older ox. That's why it says in the Pasuk, It doesn't make a difference how old this cattle is. It has the same Nesachim. The Gemara continues asking, So why does it have to talk about an ayel? We already have a different Pasuk that tells about the Nesachim of an ayel. So the Gemara answers, Because it would be logical to say as follows, Since we find there's a difference between the Nesachim of a sheep within its first year of life and a sheep within its second year of life, known as a ram, because we know there's a difference between young male sheep and older male sheep, so Perhaps there should be a difference between rams themselves, one ones within its second year and ones within its third year of life. That's why the Pasuk says, and that teaches that they all have the same Nesachim once they're in the category of rams. So why do we have to talk about the said that's among the sheep? We already know that from a different Pasuk. So again, the Gemara says, because it would be logical to say as follows, since we find that there is a difference between a young male sheep and an older male sheep, Perhaps there should be a difference between the Nesachim of a young female sheep and adult female sheep, a Rachel. That's why it says, to teach us that they all have the same Nesachim. And here is the Raya from the Pasuk that a U has the same exact Nesachim as something that fits under Gedi, and it's not in the category of Ayel. And we continue talking about the Pasuk, why does it have to say or with goats? Goats are included in Sain, because we said that Sain means sheep and goats. So why do we have to talk about Izim in the Pasuk? The Gemara says, because logically you would say as follows. Since we know there's a difference between the Nesachim of a Kevis, a young male sheep, and an older male sheep, perhaps there should be a difference between the Nesachim of a young male goat and an older male goat called a Tayish. That's why the Pasuk says, We have a Hakesh, a comparison between the youngest male goat and the oldest male goat. Just like Itz Nesachim are three-leg, so too Itz Nesachim are three-leg, and there's not going to be any difference. We're going to stop here for the day. Everyone should have a wonderful day.